Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. This disaster ever in human history, it did not move God one iota off of his throne. That he did not give up any of his authority in the middle of the greatest disaster ever in human history. And I want to declare to you today that the Lord has not moved off of his throne. That he is still enthroned above every principality, above every power, above every might and dominion. He still reigns on his throne. Amen? He still reigns on his throne. I don't care if it's the coronavirus. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's the death of a loved one, divorce, financial issues, or if the guy or gal you can't stand gets into the office. I guarantee you one thing, the enthroned one reigns above all of it. The King God rules with eternity at his side. Amen? He is not a king that is intimidated by trials. He is not moved by destruction. He does not run from trouble. And he literally has eternal wealth of wisdom. And he is at peace in the midst of chaos. He is at peace in the midst of chaos. Amen? That the Lord right now is not freaking out over this coronavirus. He is at complete peace and complete stillness. Not at all confused about his authority. Not at all confused about his power. He is at complete peace in the midst of the chaos. Amen? And this King God, I love that expression. This King God who was not moved even during the destruction of the whole world is the one that says in Psalms 29 verse 11 that he gives strength and might to his people and that this Lord gives his kiss of peace. That the peace that he experiences, the strength that he experiences, he actually gives to his people. Amen? Elizabeth Harner texted me this uh, this week and I want to just read to you what she said. I thought it was so powerful. It says, Our Lord and Father is still in control. At the moment of Sarah's diagnosis, chaos, fear, and uncertainty was rampant as expected. But as time passed and we spent over a year in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices, I felt complete protection over us. During the period of time, Kevin, Sarah, and, Kevin, Sarah, and I did not have as much as a sniffle. We were protected by God's favor and covered with prayers of protection. Sarah endured so much suffering from the chemotherapy drugs but she is cancer-free and continues to gain health and well-being each day. I believe the Lord is completely able to protect us now. Listen to that. He is completely, they, the, the world may have experienced the greatest disaster in human history, but I guarantee you the greatest disaster that the Harner family has ever experienced was a couple years ago when they found that tumor in Sarah's, Sarah's brain. And years later now, Elizabeth is texting me saying, saying, I felt complete protection over us that now more than ever that I've been through the storm, that we've weathered the storm now more than ever, I am confident that he protects us. That this is the one who gives his strength and might to his people. This is the Lord giving us his kiss of peace. That no matter what the trial is, no matter how great the chaos is, 
that the God who sits enthroned gives us his strength and his peace. Amen? This is what sets us apart from the rest of the world. This is, what, this is what makes us completely different from the rest of the world. When the rest of the world is in complete chaos, when the rest of the world is experiencing anxiety, we have a peace that surpasses understanding. Go ahead and go to that verse there, Chad. I think it's Philippians, Philippians 4, 6. It tells us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So be anxious for absolutely nothing. And it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The difference between the world and those who trust in Yahweh God is that we have a peace when it makes absolutely zero sense to have peace. That when the tumor is found in your brain, when the tumor is found in your daughter's brain, there is peace. When the cancer spreads throughout their body, there is peace. When finances are running short, there is peace. When a virus sweeps through the nation, there is peace. When everybody else is freaking out, the children of God are at complete rest and peace without any anxiousness because we know the God who is enthroned above all of it. This is my favorite one. When, there, when the TP runs out for no reason whatsoever, why is everyone buying toilet paper right now? When it runs out, we have peace. When we have to, as farmers, put corn husk in our bathrooms, There is complete peace. <laughs> that the God who sits enthroned gives peace and strength to his people. This is what sets us apart. And I love what Pastor Ron shared uh, in the email. Hopefully everyone got that email. Um, that, that, that the world is going to see the peace in the children, in the sons and daughters of God. And that with that, they're going to experience and see what it's like. They're going to see what it looks like to be children of God in the midst of a chaotic generation, in the midst of a chaotic situation. They're going to see what it looks like to be a son and daughter of God. And that is walking in complete rest and peace in the midst of chaos. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read this. It says, when by every standard we should be freaking out, there is no anxiety, there is no fear at all. All that remains is the kiss of peace from the King God that surpasses understanding. And now you may be asking, Josh, how do we receive this peace? So, so go ahead, someone ask me. Thank you. Or if you're King James, I was laughing at myself when I did this. If you're King James, Josh, how doth we have this peace bestoweth upon us? I always read my notes to Amber every time because I read them and then she tells me what I need to do differently. And so, so I read this to her and I was like, I was literally cracking up in the office when I wrote that out. For <laughs> I had no idea. I was in a silly mood when I, when I came up with this message. So ask me once again, how do we get this peace? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. I'm going to read you a story out of Matthew chapter 14. How do we have this peace? Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and the Passion Translation. 
As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds disappeared, Jesus went up into the hills to pray. And as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. About four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. I love that Jesus did that. You, you, you know Jesus thought this is going to be hilarious. <laughs> like it's in the middle of the night. There's a storm happening. They're already freaked out. What can I do? I know. I'll walk on the water towards them. That'll totally mess them up. So Jesus walks on the waves. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed a ghost, and Jesus chuckled to himself. That's not in there, but that's what happened. <laughs> then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. And then Jesus said, come and join me. Now I want to stop right there. Come and join me. That it's in the middle of of the storm, Jesus is on the water, and Jesus invites him to come out of the boat and join him in the middle of the storm. This is actually familiar if you read the story of Noah. There's almost the same exact thing happens in Noah or in Genesis. Go to that verse. Genesis, it's the, it's the very next one. It says, The Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. So you see this word here. Jesus invites Peter onto the water, and Jesus then invites Noah onto the ark. Notice how the words here don't say, Go into the ark. They say, Come into the ark. Which tells me this. Jesus, God, is already on the ark. So God in the story of Noah and Jesus in the story with Peter is inviting them to come be where he's at. Come into the ark, come out onto the water. And what I understand from that is this, that the safest place for us to be is where he is. The safest place we can possibly be is where he is. Jesus was on the ark, or God was on the ark with Noah. And with Peter, he was on the waves that were being blown all over the place and crashing all around him. And it, what you would think is, Peter, stay on the boat. That's by far the safest place you can be in this moment. But Jesus says, no, no, no. Come out onto the water because that is where I am. The safest place for you to be in the middle of the storm is where Jesus is. Amen? Peter comes out onto the water where the waves are crashing and the wind is blowing. And, and Jesus says, I will cause you to walk right over all of it. I will cause you to walk right over all of it. And, and so Peter begins walking out onto the water. Jesus invites him into the water. And so it says, it goes on in, in the next verse, it says, So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk towards Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink and said, Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have, why would you let doubt 
win. Now, Amber and I have three kids, and not one of those kids did we ever go to the Lamaze class. So we just thought, you know what, we're going to we're just going to, we like surprises. We'll just see what happens. We're going to play this one by ear. So we didn't go to the Lamaze classes. So I'm told that during Lamaze class, that one of the things they teach women is that when you're in the middle of a contraction, to find a point on the wall and to focus on that point. And that by focusing on that point, it helps you get through the contraction. It helps you uh, forget about the pain. Now, I don't know if I can get an amen from you women if that's true or not, but that's what they say in the class, that if you focus on that point in the wall, that it helps you get through the pain of that contraction. And so Peter steps out onto the water, and he's good as long as his focus is on Jesus. But the second he takes his eyes off of Jesus, what happens? He begins sinking. It becomes like a weight just sinking in the water. I want to tell you that to get through the pain of whatever chaos is going on around you, the trick is to keep your eyes on Jesus. That if you have your eyes focused on the one who has the ability to calm the storm, then I guarantee you, you will not sink in the waves. You will walk right over them. But your eyes have to be focused on the one who can calm the storm. Your eyes have to remain focused. It's easy to get distracted by the chaos around you. Listen, I, I try to stay off of Facebook, but I, if you're anything like me through this whole thing, I am just like on it all the time because I just want to see what's happening. Mostly I'm looking for those memes because they're hilarious. <laughs> But if you, if you keep your eyes, if you let that distraction of social media, of the news, of the things going on, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't get information, but I'm saying if you let all of those things distract you to where those waves start looking awfully big and they start looking awfully scary and you get distracted by those things, you're going to sink in the chaos. You're going to become overcome by those waves. You're going to become overcome by that anxiety. You're going to become overcome by all of that fear. But if you keep your eyes focused on the one who brings peace, the one who sits enthroned above the flood, the one, the King God who get, kisses us with his peace, then I guarantee you, you will walk right over every one of those waves, every one of those storms. The, you'll, you'll, you'll pass right through the storm, that you'll be like Noah, and that all the world is, is suffering around you, but you'll be floating on top of the storm because you are where he is and your focus is on him. So I want to encourage you in this time, in this season, and, and not just with the coronavirus. I mean, obviously that's happening, but with whatever you're going through, whether it's a sickness or a, an illness, whether it's financial issues, whether it's maybe a son or a daughter who is, who is rebelling, whatever it may be, Maybe it's a, a, a mom or a dad who is, who is sick or what, whatever it is. Focus on the one who gives peace that surpasses understanding. And what's interesting about this as well is both Noah and Peter still had to go through the storm. They still had to go through the storm. But that in the storm, in the midst of it, in the middle of the storm, there is peace there was strength, there was security, there was rest in the middle of the storm. Amen? 
there's peace in the middle of the storm. We have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Amen? Let's keep reading. Where am I at? Verse 31. So verse 32, it says, And the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. I love that verse. The very moment that they stepped into the boat, the winds and the waves ceased. Your peace, once again, is not about the storm around you, how calm it is or how crazy it is. It's about who is in the boat with you. Once again, just driving that point home, it's about who is with you. Where he is is the safest place you can be. Amen? Verses 30, verse 33. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshiped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. You are truly the son of God. So Jesus steps into the boat. The winds and the waves cease. All the disciples then, their response is to fall at his feet in adoration and to declare, you are truly the son of God. You know, our word for the year is wonder. And, and I, as I was preparing this week, what I kept hearing the Lord say over and over and over again is get back to wonder. That we, we talked about wonder for a while at the beginning of the year. And then we kind of took this sidestep in faith for a while. And I feel like the Lord is drawing us right back to that place of wonder. That when we have wonder and awe of who he is, there is absolute peace. When we're in the middle of the storm, when we're in the middle of the chaos, that if we find the, the feet of the peace giver, that when we find the, the feet of the one who, who gives us strength, when we become absolutely enamored with him, when we stand in awe and wonder of who he is, that's when we experience the peace that surpasses understanding. That's when strength and, and his strength and his might just quickens our body. That's when we find ourselves in complete rest in the middle of the chaos. So my call this morning above everything else is to get back to wonder. Get back into being completely enamored and in awe of who he is. Don't let your eyes drift around you. Keep your eyes focused on the king of kings. Keep your eyes focused on the one who is enthroned and beloved above the flood. Amen. I'm going to end just reading this psalm. And uh, as, as many of you may know as well, um, President Trump declared today a national day of prayer. And so that's how we're going to end this service, is we're going to pray. But we're not going to pray out of fear. We're not going to pray out of anxiety. We're going to pray with our eyes on Jesus and with the authority that comes from the unmovable throne. We're going to pray in complete peace and in complete rest, knowing that he is in control, that he has never lost a battle, and that we will experience a victory. Amen? Paul, if you want to go ahead and come on up, I'm going to just read this psalm to you. Some of you may have seen, uh, seen this on social media. It's kind of become the, uh, the verse, or the chapter, I guess I should say, um, for this season in this, in this time, one of my favorite Psalms in the Bible. So I'm going to read it 
and then we're going to pray. If any of you would like to pray, um, then I, I would really encourage you to do so. Uh, you can just stand up and pray where you're at. Uh, if you want to use the mic, then you're more than welcome to. I don't have any symptoms, so <laughs> I think you should be good. Um, but we're just going to spend a little bit of time in prayer, and I ask, I ask that you participate in that and, and to pray along with us. So let me read this, this chapter, Psalms 91, and this is just a declaration, a declaration, a prophetic declaration over our nation, over our city, over our church, of what the Lord's going to do, amen? It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence, and he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His strength shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near your dwelling. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Let me say that one again. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because, I love this part, this is where it transitions. And this is where God begins talking to us. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That is his declaration over us. I'm gonna read that one more time. Because he has set his love upon me, just like we were talking about this morning, because we set our eyes upon him, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Jesus, this, this morning, we set our eyes upon you, Jesus. God, we set our love upon you, Father. God, I thank you that we do not walk through trials alone, that we do not walk through cancer alone, that we do not walk through virus pandemics alone. God, we do not walk through financial crisis alone. God, that you invite us to go on the journey through the storm with you. God, you never leave us, you never forsake us. That the God who sat enthroned at the flood is the same God who is in the boat with us. 
The God whose authority is not moved by circumstances, the God whose authority is not moved by, by terrifying things, God, that same God is the one who beckons us to follow him. God, in this morning, we just declare that our eyes are on you. God, like it says in, in, in the scriptures, that when we don't know what to do, our declaration is our eyes are on you, Jesus. Our focus is on you, not on the storm around us. God, and I thank you that because of that, we have complete peace that surpasses understanding. Hallelujah. We have complete peace that surpasses understanding. That a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it will not come near our dwelling. I declare that over our nation right now in the name of Jesus. God, that a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hands, but it will not come near the United States. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you send your angels to guard us. God, that we will not dash our foot against a stone, but that you lift us up and that your angels are constantly around us, protecting us. That no plague will come near our dwelling. That you are constantly with us and for us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.